Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. And welcome to another episode of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. This is a special over a beer series. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, with special guest. Carrie Mass. Who's eating cheese curds and fried pickles. And drinking beer. Of course. Yeah, this is fueled by uh, Spotted Cow Beer from New Glarus Brewing. Only available in Wisconsin. We're not sponsored by them, but we should be. And we are at Crawfish Junction, the best spot to stop if you're traveling between Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin. Also not sponsored by Crawfish, but really, really, really should be. (laughs) (laughs) A large portion of our milk check comes here to the bar to eat dinner. (laughs) And that happens. So if if you're just tuning in, you haven't caught up, this over a beer series, um, Carrie and I are just catching up on some topics we felt like needed to be talked about in agriculture. So we started with uh, our agriculture stories, kind of where we came from. And then uh, the state of advocacy, where we've been, where we are now, and where we think uh, advocacy might be headed. Right. And then uh, we talked a little bit about the beef and dairy checkoffs. Definitely some hot topics in our world. And uh, then we followed it up with, uh, should we talk to activists? What's an activist? Should we uh, waste time arguing with them? Yes. And no. And yes. And, and sometimes no. You'll have to catch up with that. Right. And then uh, last episode, I asked Carrie a uh, series of questions about what's the life cycle of dairy cows, kind of what's some hot topics that she's written about, and what are consumers asking, and provided a few tips about what maybe you can write about if you're in the dairy world. Right. And now, we're going to turn the tables and ask Ryan these kinds of questions on the beef side of things. And I'm looking forward to that. Dun, dun, dun. Let me take another drink. <laughs> right. Cheers. <laughs> so, now Ryan, you didn't, you grew up in the beef industry and have all kinds of different background um, information, but today you're not hands-on with cows, right? Correct. So I spent the first 20 some odd years of my life on the ranch every single day. Well, my family's operation is not big enough to hold all five people. Um, all five kids, I should say. And so I took the opportunity to work and broaden my horizons. And so I've been working in uh, association work mm-hmm. and cattle marketing the last couple of years. And I've been taking an opportunity to broaden my horizons and, and see what the cattle industry is about and do my best to help cattle ranchers around the country. And you, uh, you went to college and then you worked on your master's or a master's, um, really focusing on beef nutrition and beef um, reproduction, right? Like how nutrition affects repro? Yep. So growing up, I really liked calving season, my favorite part of the year. And so when I, oh yeah. So when I went to Oklahoma State, go Pokes, (laughs) um, got to spend a little bit more time on the production and things, looking at reproduction and, and nutrition. And so when I went to Tennessee, uh, took on a project that looked at the combination of the two. How does nutrition affect our reproduction right. in cattle? And wasn't there some whiskey involved in that as well? That might be bourbon country just north of there in Kentucky. But there was like involved in the research? Am I totally imagining things? I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like you were looking at distillers grains or oh yeah ha! 
<laughs> so yeah, there there was some whiskey involved because we were feeding cows distillers grains. So the byproduct of your Jack Daniels whiskey, mm-hmm. we were feeding to cows, and uh, as a it's a protein supplement right. to cattle, and seeing how that protein affect the growing baby inside. I the am cow. not making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. And who sponsored your research? Uh, Jack Daniels. See. If you want to grow up and be an adult who has research sponsored by Jack Daniels, I highly suggest you get in agriculture. Yeah, that's it, good. That's worked out well. Wow. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> right. But no, Jack Daniels was consumed in the making of your research. Not on site. Not on site. <laughs> right. So, well, we're talking about kind of the hot topics. We talked about dairy hot topics. Let's talk about beef hot topics. I'm going to just... L- Throw it right in there. Let's talk about Brazilian beef. That would be a hot topic at home in Montana. Yeah. Well, I think in general in beef, like imports and exports are a really big deal. So tell me what the controversy is. Tell me what people are saying. So a lot of, well, let's take it from the producer side. A lot of people here in America are glad to raise cattle from America and want Americans to eat. American raised beef, right? Mm-hmm. And we produce a lot of beef, but we also export a lot of beef right. um, because we produce prime beef, high choice beef um, that countries like Asia really love to enjoy and will pay extra for. Mm-hmm. And as not only like that prime beef, but pay for different cuts that Americans won't eat. Mm-hmm. So in America, we really like we like our prime rib. Don't right. get me wrong, but we also like lean hamburgers from McDonald's. Right. And so to produce that high quality beef that we can get great dollar for, we export it. And so we import lean beef, lean cuts of beef that goes to our lean ground cuts. I thought dairy cows all went to McDonald's. No, (laughs) beef cows contribute to that too. (laughs) But McDonald's serves a lot of beef. Right. So we import a lot of beef from Australia and several other countries. So some of those countries we have a free trade agreement with so they can import a certain amount of beef. And others that we don't have a free trade agreement with, they all have to go in this collective, like we've set aside an amount of beef that we can import. So Brazil is one of those countries that we don't have a free trade agreement with, but the USDA has said that we can import beef from there. The question comes where we've got diseases in Brazil, mm-hmm. in the cow herds, that we've eliminated here in the, in the North American countries. Like? Foot and mouth disease. Okay. What about tuberculosis, TB? Um, that's actually in Canada. Okay. I, I know, and there's actually some states in the U.S. that aren't considered TB-free. Or brucellosis. Bruce, uh, sorry, brucellosis. Yeah. Yes. So we've got some diseases in the North American herd, but not foot and mouth disease. That's something we've been able to eliminate, and it's very costly. And so some producers are very concerned about that being in Brazilian country. Right. Um, and concerned about that being in cattle or in beef that's transported over here. Okay. So the background of that, Brazil has been importing frozen beef, mm-hmm. um, and they have been doing that. Um, mostly stuff that will be canned or prepared beforehand, but not a large amount. And so when the USDA said, yes, Brazil can Do import beef, fresh or frozen beef over here, some people got concerned. What missed out of that story is that we're now able to export beef to Brazil. Right. And for those who aren't aware, like beef, Brazil is a big export partner um, in the world for beef. They've got a lot of beef supply. Um, so ranchers are concerned about that um, and concerned about, well, why aren't we just consuming beef from the U.S.? Um, why aren't we labeling beef? 
Um, it's imported, you know, this is from Brazil. Right. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, so the beef that's coming over here is subject to the same imports and inspection standards as domestic beef. Right. So we can know that it's safe um, and it's inspected over there and over here. Um, so we know that it is safe. Um, yes, there is concern for disease over there, but I think that there's a lot of checks and balances that go into that. So that like all funnels into like the whole cool labeling and that's a very controversial topic in beef right now right yikes okay You're hitting so, all these things. <laughs> i told you i was going to <laughs> and for those of you who can't see ryan right now he just made a face at me <laughs> this is radio ryan nobody uh -oh. can see you so yes country of origin labeling um and so a little bit of background on this so i was involved in a policy organization and worked on this policy and submitting comments for that so yeah i have done a little bit of research into the USDA requirements, guidelines, statutes, and outside of these, some of these things. Um, so country of origin labeling is a very hot topic, especially in the upper mountain west. Um, a lot of independent minded ranchers up there and across the country. Um, but I grew up in eastern Arkansas and, and it's vastly different and more prominent in, this, in the part of the country where I live now. And so ranchers are very proud to produce the product where they, you know, that they have. And so consumers are saying, hey, we want to know more about our, our beef and our food and where it comes from. And so several years back, we have country of origin labeling, which labeled on your beef products, many meat products, food products, where it was raised, where it was harvested, and where it was processed. And so you'd want that to say all North American, Canada, Mexico, U.S., or just U.S., whatever that might be. Right. And so um, because we have to cooperate with our international trade partners, all across the globe and make sure that we have fair standards with all these trade agreements. Um, Canada took us to court with the UN, United Nations, and said that it's not fair because of the manner in which we were labeling our beef raised in Canada was derogatory to their production practices. Oh. And so we had to remove... It, I mean, I don't have a problem with Canada. Basically, they're... Okay, Canadians are going to be mad if I say this, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> nah. But <laughs> hockey is good. Are we good? I like yeah. Timmy's. I think that's the password to Canada, right? I like oh, yeah. Timmy's. Oh yeah. Okay, we're good. Sorry, Canadian. but I. Oh no, I love ranchers that I've worked with in Canada too. Oh, yeah. But Heck it, yeah. our labeling standards weren't respectful to ranchers were in Canada. Right. I mean, I've worked with ranchers in Canada last year quite a bit, and. You wouldn't know you'd cross the Montana line. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Canada is basically the 51st state, but you know. It's, it's northern Montana <laughs> in my part of the world. And some. <laughs> um, but so we had to remove the country of origin labeling. Right. And so what I found out in talking to a lot of grocers, a lot of people at the meat counter, so like at Costco, um, the meat guy asked me, he's like, so what's the deal with this cool labeling? Um, mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, told him a little bit about it. And he said, well, when you removed it, I didn't have any customers ask me about it. Right. And so there's a lot of perception of like, yeah, customers want to know where their meat comes from, where their food comes from. But that label wasn't doing much for them. Right. And producers are fighting, saying, well, they wanted it there. Because personally, I don't care if my meat comes from Canada. I, you know, I trust Canadian producers. I think Canadian standards are fine. But I'd certainly want to know if my beef was from China. Yeah, we don't import beef from China because they don't right. produce beef, right. right? But they import food, and so. But I think the key thing is that that USDA inspection seal. Yeah, and that's how you know that your beef is safe. Right. Is that it was, it was subject to USDA inspection standards. 
And I think that that's a lot of what people miss that are concerned about this is that they're all, it's all subject to USDA standards. But what we found through this is that country of origin is not a top priority for customers. It's quality and price sure. and safety. Sure. And safety is by those inspections. And I guess even if it was Chinese beef, as long as I knew that it was inspected by USDA and USDA standards, then I guess we're good, right? I mean, right. that's that's I, kind of the the standards we all, anything we eat has to meet. Right. So with the Brazil case and the country of origin labeling, most of the uproar comes back to fighting within our own industry, which we talked Shocker. about a couple episodes ago. <laughs> and we will probably again. <laughs> yeah. Um, fighting within our industry. And what I found is that's reflecting very poorly upon our, uh, to our customers. Right. For sure. For sure. So Brazilian beef, cool labeling, that's all one thing. But let's talk about some stuff on the home front. People are worried about beef. Is it healthy? Is it okay to eat? Should we be doing meatless Mondays? Tell me, what do you think? Well, that's a whole can of worms. Right? I mean, I know. I gave you like 42 topics <laughs> right there. But no. You can do it. I think if you look at the overall picture, we're in a much better position than what we were 10 years ago okay. with beef and its perception of health right? and consumption. Yeah, we have vocal groups um, that are promoting meatless Mondays. <coughs> Vegans. <coughs> Pita. Um, that are promoting meatless Monday or things like that. Right. Um, but I think we're in a lot better position... Um, against our competing competing proteins, right? Uh, poultry and pork, nothing against pork producers. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, Arkansas boy here has something against chicken. I don't know that it's not for me, right? <laughs> it's a personal thing. <laughs> personal. I like beef. Right. <laughs> and so I, I think we're in a lot better position than what we were, you know, when you look at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, beef is, is regaining an image of healthy. Um, so we've been working with the American Heart Association saying, yes, beef is healthy. So we've had research coming out that's saying, you know, fat is good. Animal fat is good in the diet. Right. Um, and tasty. Yeah. Super and tasty. So the, the saying has been we've got 29 lean cuts of beef, and I think that's 34 okay. now. Or 39. One of those two. <clears throat> and so beef is definitely gaining. You know, beef is a healthy part of the diet. Beef um, is not a cause of cancer. Is not a cause of col high cholesterol. And we're definitely gaining ground. I think some of the things that we have, have held us back um, is convenience. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got a millennial generation. We've got working parents. Both parents work and they want to come home. I don't know what I want to eat at 4.30 in the afternoon. And they didn't defrost anything. Didn't defrost anything. Didn't, I'm a millennial and I never defrost anything. Didn't put anything in the crock pot that morning. I did and, put something in the crock pot today. We're having chili for dinner tonight. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, but it's not every day you think to do that, right? And so something that we've been working on in the beef industry is convenience factors. Um, you can't pull chicken breasts. You can pull chicken breasts out, put them in the freezer, or put them in the oven, you're good mm -hmm. to go. Can't quite do that with beef, but we've been working with a lot of food, um, food wholesalers, food preparation companies, um, to find ways or different cuts to prepare beef that are more convenient. Good. And I think uh, we're in a lot better position when you look at the larger picture. Good. Where we're at. Good. So, you know, beef is, is getting better there. I, uh, I grew up eating beef. I think most of us did. Should, should we look at, you know, yeah, animal fats are good for us, but I guess overall moderation is what's good for us, right? Correct. 
So, should we be eating beef every day? I mean, I eat beef 14 to 21 meals a week. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is that saying that works for everybody? No. No. But you also run 26 miles. I Well, I run 26 miles at one time for fun or 30 or 40 miles a week. Yeah. Right? And so I'm tearing down a lot of muscle, need a lot of protein. Right. And so I eat a lot more than 2,000 calories a day, too. So, especially when we're eating cheese curds and fried pickles and beer. But really what it boils down to, like, is you need to look at your own diet and see where beef fits in, right? Correct. So what is zip? So zip is zinc, iron, and protein. And those are three of the essential nutrients that are found in beef. And beef is an excellent source of those. Um, and so beef is actually an, ex- an excellent or good source of 10 essential nutrients. Um, so along with zinc, iron, and protein, you've got your B vitamins and minerals and, and, and several other things that are there. Um, and so it's not only like, oh yeah, you should eat beef for the protein, um, but it's a complete package um, per calorie basis um, to be able to get your nutrients there. And that's something that like as part of the running community that I've been trying to get across to these athletes that are eating a lot of calories every day but need to get a lot of nutrients um, and, and being able to get beef in part of that diet. So it's like dollar for dollar, you get a lot, yeah. a lot of nutrition Correct. in your beef beyond just protein. Yep. Because I mean, I think beef, and I just think, okay, there's my protein for the day, mm-hmm. but I don't really think about everything that it really packs into it. Yep. With beef, so that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. A lot in a little package. And I think a lot of people don't think of beef as being lean necessarily either. In I mean, I know, so most of the beef we cook at our house comes from our own cattle. And so when I fry a burger and I barely get a tablespoon of grease off of that burger that I, you know, was browning or whatever, I think, okay, well, that's just because my cows are lean. But on the occasion that I do buy hamburger from the store, it's about the same. Because, like, burger that I grew up with was greasy. Mm -hmm. And now I think overall that's really changed. So... Yeah, so when you're buying ground beef, you've got a couple of different options, ranging from 75, you know, 70-something percent lean. 70-30? Yeah, 70-30% lean or 93% lean, 7% fat. Okay. And so consumers have been demanding a leaner product, so they're able to create a, they're able to create a, a leaner blend using that imported lean beef mm-hmm. um, to, to create that consumer demand. And we're exporting our fatty cuts to countries like in Asia that are looking for that prime, high-choice cut, um, looking for that higher-quality cut. So, several months ago, here at Crawfish, my husband and I always order our burgers well done, and we make sure we say well done. And our waitress, who's actually our waitress tonight and keeps bringing us beer and cheese curds and fun stuff to eat, um, asked me at the time, she's like, why do you guys always order your burgers well done? Like, She's like, is it a safety thing? And I gave her our explanation, but what's your explanation? So you should always order your ground cuts to cook to 160 degrees. Which is well done. No. No? Slightly less than that. Okay. Like you well. don't yeah. You don't want your burger burnt. No, no. Right? There's a difference between well done and charcoal. So it's easy to use a visual for the cuts mm-hmm. and the amount of pink that you want, but you actually want it to 160 degrees. Because that's a level, so in a ground cut, you're getting all of the surface and everything is ground and mixed together. So inside of that, you mm-hmm. definitely want it cooked well. Okay, because you're killing bacteria. Killing bacteria, all the bugs right. that might get in the food system from, not from necessarily from the cow, but in the but, kitchen, right. in the transport, handling, right. 
what, you don't want to take that chance for foodborne illness. But when you've got a whole cut, mm -hmm. um, the exterior, so if it's not tenderized or something like that, if it's a whole cut, only the exterior is exposed to the external bugs. Right, and they're going to get cooked off. As yeah, so you're going to get that cooked off from the outside. So you can eat a steak rare or medium rare. Right. Cooked to that 140 degree temperature um, and be safe. Uh, but that's why you want your burgers cooked to a higher temperature. Um, but no, I wouldn't have ever advise cooking your meat to death or if you... <laughs> cooking your meat to death. It's already dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> or using A1 sauce. Yes, you'll hear, okay. me, you'll hear me groan over that. So personally, I eat... I've gone down from eating beyond well done, which is how I grew up, to medium well, uncut. So I'm working on it. There but you go. I guess most important is eat the beef whole cuts how you like it like you know don't feel bad if, if you like well eat it well it's better than not eating beef at all right correct but, oh, but don't burgers, well make sure they're cooked you, i would say that but i hear a lot of people that don't like beef because yeah. they didn't prepare it correctly sure so if you overcook beef so cooking at home a lot of people overcook beef right especially since it's so lean yeah the and leaner meats cook fast. You cook it out. You cook the taste out of it. Right. Not the technical term, but... But it's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're cooking the taste out of it. So if you're Donald Trump and you eat your steaks well done, you're cooking a lot of taste out. I'm not Donald Trump, even <laughs> if I eat my steaks well done. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so personal choice. I will always ask for my... If it's a kitchen, a reputation, a high reputation kitchen that I know is clean, I've seen the health this inspection certificate... Um, and they've got an AA plus. I'll order my steak rare, um, especially on the fatter cuts. Um, I really like the taste and texture of that. It's got a cool red center. Um, but if it's a kitchen that like, not saying it's not clean, right. but you're kind of like it's a train joint, you're not sure. You don't know that that's the highest caliber. I'll, not the highest caliber, I'll, I'll order medium rare. Okay. Yep. Get a little more heat. A little more, more heat, chance just to be safe. Yeah. To kill anything in there, mm -hmm. so. But overall, beef is healthy and safe. It I is. Mean, and so what I like to just, say... It's a precaution. The beef man, Darren Williams, gave me this saying. Yeah. In a conversation one day. And he said, the beef has more lean cuts than chicken has cuts. Well, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See? And so people always think of chicken. I talk to a lot of people who are athletes, a lot of people who spend a lot of time with Jill, and you're like, yeah, I've got to bulk up on bulk up lean so I gotta eat a lot of chicken I'm like but do you really yeah so you're cutting out a lot of those other nutrients calcium everything that's important for building bones you know and where muscle. you can get calcium milk milk <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh, but beef's a great source for that and I think that we're turning the page on a reputation for that that's cool, cool. <laughs> so I think we've uh, hit beer time have we have we yeah, I think so. No, I think a take-home message for me for the beef industry would be we're making great strides. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're raising the cattle. Um, we're using technology to do it more efficiently and more effectively, meaning we're using fewer resources um, for the amount of, of beef that we're producing. And we're getting it to larger markets than we ever have before. We're recovering from 2003 downfalls in, in BSE when we, ha when we had that in our country. Or... Um, Mad cow disease. Mad cow disease. Yeah, which shut down a lot of our foreign markets. Um, and we're recovering from that. We're getting a lot of issues, but I'd say within our industry, um, we need to show a little bit more united front as far as it comes to our beef consumers. So if you had to boil that down into two words, what would those two words be? 
eat beef. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And so, I don't know, I'd leave this, if people were wanting to learn more about some of the things that are happening in the beef world, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely turn them to beefitswhatsfordinner.com. See, that still does exist. Yes. And uh, Beef Facts. Beef Facts. Beef Facts is a cool Isn't blog. Isn't org? Dot org, I believe. If I you Google so. Beef Facts blog, right. it'll show up. And it touches on a lot of these hot topics. And you can always follow agriculturecrowd.com if you're not already, because yeah. there's good beef info there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So lots of good things out there. Okay. So cheers, and we'll catch you on the next show. That's right. So next time we are talking about what? I don't know. <laughs> How to be an offline advocate. Oh, yeah. That. So not always talking about advocacy on social media right there's Um, more than one way to skin a cat you can be an advocate without a facebook page exactly all right well cheers carrie it's time for another fill hey guys a quick note before you go i just want to say thank you for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed this episode 25 of part of our over beer series on the agriculture proud podcast with myself ryan goodman ag proud ryan on social media and carrie mess dairy carrie on social media as we uh, talk about a lot of the issues that are happening in agriculture today in, in our areas of expertise um, if you want to learn more and see links to the information we were talking about on today's episode or any of them uh, go to agriculturproud.com podcast and today's episode was episode 25 and you can look up faq on beef cattle and uh, if you're enjoying the podcast and you're enjoying the over a beer series i hope you'll stay tuned we've still got a couple more coming and i hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and uh, share share a link with a friend and invite them to come and listen to and, and give us some feedback and let, let us know what you think and if you've got uh, questions or topic suggestions for future episodes um, until next time this is ryan goodman with the agriculture proud podcast